Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of 7 Minutes Scaling Secrets where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today we have a special guest, Donovan Matthews, who runs Bryden Apparel, a fashion brand that supplies D2C startups and businesses. Donovan, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit more about Bryden. This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join the Superscaling Ignite program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that your revenues can grow to at least $100,000 a month with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com ignite today and now back to the episode. Hi Alvin, thank you for having me on the show today. So I'm Donovan and I started Bryden about eight years ago to basically help uh, clothing brands, startups to you know, get their ideas brought to life in a very uh, simple and good way so that they can get quality products without having the risk of like getting bad products. So I started Bryden uh, eight, years, eight years ago because I saw a gap in the market uh, while working at different fashion companies. So I started my own company when I was 23. And it took me quite a while to find a good manufacturer. So actually it's for a year. And I thought that, why is this process so difficult? But I didn't actually act on it at the point of time because I was focused on starting my clothing brand. Right. So after that, I sold my clothing brand to someone. And then I worked for other fashion e-commerce uh, retailers like Zalora and stuff like that. So throughout my whole process and career throughout these brands uh, and companies, the problem of like sourcing and getting good quality merchandise has always been a prevalent problem, even at a big uh, company like Zalora, where we have big teams and bigger budgets. So after I left my last startup, I actually thought that why don't I try to tackle this problem since I have the required like experience and I know some people and know how things work better and I think there will be a demand for people that will be looking for this kind of service so that's how I got Brighton started nice nice yeah uh, <laughs> well it's a interesting feel interesting uh, area to go into because Brighton is actually b2b right yes uh, we are b2b how, how did you decide that you know you wanted to do that it's it's not an everyday thing that, that people want to go into fashion b2b fashion uh, yeah i mean i agree it's quite a tough thing to do like supply chain fashion yeah. manufacturing and i don't i don't even study for that I, I mean i did business in school so it's not really like i'm technically very competent in this so but i think for me it's like i have a passion to see things getting made and also helping people so i thought that i could you know do this and offer this as a service to people around the world. Nice. So Bryden is actually based completely in Singapore? So we are based in Singapore and China. So China is where all our stuff are kept made. And nice. I also have stuff in China to oversee like stuff like QC and sourcing as nice. well. But how and do you how do you even manage to find contacts to do everything from like the manufacturing to the fulfillment to the you know even the raw supplies? So during my time in China, I was actually uh, during my time in Zalora, I actually was based in China for a while. So I basically walked the ground and get to know things inside out from like where the fabrics are made to where they are sold and where factories are and like basically see how 
the factory, the whole supply chain work actually. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because you need to know all that in order to do a proper like B two B business. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, congrats on that. That's really not easy. I mean, I I know the B two B space is is like totally different from B two C. Uh, you have so it's many. True. Yeah, so many of the back end stuff that you know you you don't get as a B two C kind of startup. So, uh, kudos to you. <laughs> thank you uh, thank you hopefully this is a journey that's been fulfilling and rewarding for you uh i think it has been rewarding for me when i see my customers getting the product and they love it and then when they come back to me and tell me you donovan like well my customers love the quality and i'm getting like sold really fast so i'll be looking to start a second order very soon so those type of comments actually really make my day so it reminds me of why I even start this business in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, do you have any like notable brands that you are service service uh, serving that you you can share, or is that uh PNC? Uh, most of them under like uh, PNC, but uh, I'll say like maybe one of the biggest is like uh SingPost. We started off with a SingPost order for my previous startup, so I took on the order and actually made like the SingPost uh. Postman shoes for them. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and wow. we actually designed the uniform that you see them wearing now. Nice. Yeah. So, so, so you guys do everything, not just clothes, but also foot footwear. So we actually mainly do apparel, but the footwear was a special one-off project. Ah. Uh, so yeah, but mainly now we focus on apparel. Very cool. Oh, love it. <laughs> that, that's like. That's a massive order. I mean, SingPost has like thousands of, of employees. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's insane. Okay, okay, cool. Um, what Can you share a little bit about the first startup that you had? That was B2C, right? That was the B2C startup. So I was at the time inspired by Treadless. I'm not sure if you remember Treadless. T-shirts. So T-shirts, so graphic tea. So I wanted right. to start something similar to Treadless, but for Asia market. So basically getting Asian designers to design and then we have like a kind of like a marketplace and sell all these graphic uh, t-shirts when a certain order limit is reached then we start to produce them uh. so but after like going through the process I thought that I think it would be hard to compete with Treadless so I decided to do a more curated kind of t-shirt uh, brand so basically what I did was to actually approach artists that uh, I think fits the kind of team that I'm looking for and give them a, a design team to actually design on. So I basically, I created a couple of collections and stole them from uh, e-commerce website back then. Okay. Um, yeah. And and after it grew, you decided to uh, exit because... It I was... actually decided to exit because I wanted to also grow as a person and try to work in other organizations to learn more about the whole ecosystem of e-commerce fashion as well yeah okay. so that's I, why I, I, that's nice as an offer came in and i thought why not sell it and know start a new chapter in my life yeah i love the fact that you went on to solve real pro real problems that you saw in the industry and you know that came about because of your role in the fashion industry so that that's that's cool because um, you know that solving pain points and problems I feel is the fundamental need for businesses. Um, yeah. So how how did a uh, 
how did a business graduate uh, major uh you know get into fashion <laughs> like like all the way deep into fashion from you know, B to C to like all the way to B to B. If we chart your life, basically you just, I, I would imagine you just graduated and then ever since then, you've been like all yeah. the way deep into the fashion industry already. Yeah, I sold, I sold my life to the fashion industry. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I always been interested in creative stuff. My mom is like an artist, uh, so maybe that's where I got some creative genes from her. But I don't think I'll make a very good design, or maybe I haven't tried. But I think I do have the enjoyment of seeing like things being worn, things being created, and people appreciation appreciation for creative stuff. So I thought I could make myself useful in this so-called sphere, and like I just why I started my own brand and see get my feet wet and see where it takes me. So cool. yeah, <laughs> I mean, Threadless. I don't know. Actually, I haven't thought Threadless in a in a while. I'm not sure if if is Threadless still around. I think they are. <gasps> yeah. So in case anybody doesn't know what Threadless is, uh, they basically do. It's it's almost like print on demand, right? They have uh various designs that artists can create and and post onto their website, and people can actually like. Uh, order those designs. I don't know if there's a minimum quantity or not, but uh, there's usually a lot of designs they can choose from. And based on the popularity, like based on how many people order, the t-shirts are, are ranked and you can start to see the trending ones or you can just search for collections, right? On like maybe yep. even the latest news or the latest like memes are always there and you can always like order t-shirts. So it's, it's quite a black hole because once you start, you, you realize that there are so many like cool, funny, interesting t-shirt designs that you can actually order. Um, yeah, so that, that was something cool because you, you didn't definitely didn't get that in Singapore. Back then, t-shirts were always like, you had to like look for the right one and you know, you don't really get a lot of like designs. True, true, yeah. Um, yeah, so when they came on, it was, it was quite the innovative yeah idea yeah cool all right so uh what 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 is the vision for brighton like where where do you see you guys heading to in the next five years ten years i think for us for me like i see myself like continuing to provide this service and i would like to also provide more resources maybe online like content that can actually help this uh brand owners so I think also maybe community building is something that I might be looking at. So we have a small cohort of like people that we can share ins and outs of how to build successful brands. I think that will be something also interesting for me as well. Successful fashion B to C brands. Yeah. So I think one thing I realized throughout my journey in Biden is like, yes, the customers have ideas and I'm able to help them execute, but I think there's also more to like having uh, more more to running a successful brand, which includes like marketing or maybe stuff like, you know, like logistics and stuff like that. So yeah. I think like marketing is really a very big part of like what determines your success for an e-commerce brand, fashion brand. So I might see myself doing something along the sphere of maybe providing resources or like having like community uh, learning or courses about that yeah nice. i think i think that would be helpful for them yeah i mean the fashion 
uh, industry is pretty uh, opaque, I think, because it's, uh, I, again, it's, it's really difficult to get into. It's not like a digital space where information is readily available. Um, and, and that's why it's so impressive that you not just went into fashion B2C, but you went to fashion B2B, which is like all the way in when you just dived into the deep <laughs> end of the pool. Uh, yeah. And that community that you talked about, I, I think that's awesome. It's not just about, you know, the transactional relationship that B2B can true, have, true. but, you yeah. know, how we support this community that is going on uh, with the resources, the knowledge, the support that the entrepreneurs and business owners can have. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, well, tell us a little bit more. Um, you know, you mentioned a few great points and great events that have happened throughout your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any low points? Well, I think there have been a couple of low points in the past few years because of like the whole COVID situation. So actually the whole COVID, uh, I took a, quite a big hit on the our business took quite a big hit. So our business actually dropped by 40 to 50% on the previous year. Oh, wow. So yeah. And Basically, orders dropped and then it was a tough time for everybody because I was trying to keep everyone and not like, you know, prolong them or like lower their pay or retrench them. But it's quite tough because like mentally, you still have to stay strong and keep everybody motivated, but you don't see like where's the angle because you're so uncertain. Like policies were changing every day. Supply chains were all stopped. Lockdowns were very frequent. So... I I think it was hard for me mentally, so I I think it's quite a tough time. So that was really quite a low period in the oh, whole man. history. And it but, lasted more than a year, right? Um, I think, or oh, actually, the actual lockdown may be a bit shorter, but the the effects I think were definitely more than a year. Uh, and you had to worry about two countries at least. No, actually, I had to worry about the whole world because my business supplies to the whole world. So mainly US, Australia, UK are my markets. So while China at the start was okay, it could still go on. And the US and UK were being locked down. And of course, Singapore was locked down as well. Couldn't get to the office, which makes things more inconvenient. Yeah. Uh, then after that, when US started to open up, then things got a bit better, but people are still wary of starting new business or placing more orders because no one is really going out. So everybody's very afraid, apprehensive at the time. So that's why I think it was a very negative sentiment in the air. And then back then, this year, China had a lot of lockdown. So yeah. then they stopped orders. Like customers are ready to order and then we cannot deliver. And yeah, it's is, is very that stressful. Still, is that still going on? Because I know the lockdowns in China are still happening. So actually, the lockdowns, they happened last two months. There were quite frequent lockdowns, but the China government U-turned and reversed their policy and now they're opening up. But I'm also worried because now we're going to see more waves of infection. But thankfully, it's happening at the tier end of the year and China's going to go on Chinese New Year holidays. So most of our orders have already been shipped, but there are still some orders that are delayed because of this change in situation. I see. Yeah, so right now the factory, like more than half of the staff actually are COVID positive now. So Oh wow. So we are running at half capacity. Wow, that's that's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's just after they opened everybody got COVID, everybody got everybody got positive. So it's quite 
a challenge again. You know, it's something that's beyond your control. Everything you can do as an entrepreneur, yeah. you've already done. And these are the things that hit you and you're going to ask yourself, what can you do? I think the only thing you can do is to stay strong, stay calm and stay positive and navigate each loophole as they, each, each like, you know, issue as they come along. Yeah, so it's it's like another one or two months downtime for you right now, right? Because if the people are down with COVID, they have to rest for, I don't know, 20 days or something like that. And then and then it's winter and then the lunar new year is right around the corner. So that's so where I, yeah, I think shuts this, down also, right? Yeah, it kind of shuts down, but I think they're shutting down at the right time for me. I'm trying to be positive about it. At least they locked down. I mean, they... Everything coincide at the right moment and most of others have been shipped. Yeah, so I'm gonna thing. use this uh maybe this downline to maybe think about new business ideas. So maybe I might try to open a Etsy store, my own, to sell like craft supplies, like labels and tags and stuff like that, and experiment from there. I see. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um hopefully things go well. Um and, and you have to and- believe. <laughs> Yeah, we will. We will like to hear a bit more about, like, you know, what you feel, uh, are the like the most important habits in order to be a successful entrepreneur. Is that resilience? Is it sounds like a lot of patience is necessary. Uh, what would you what do you say the most important habit is? I think for me, the most important habit that I have was to always be curious about things, because I think curiosity leads to discovery and it also leads to self improvement. And it drives positive change as well in business and also yourself. So like curiosity about how things will make me going to be to be. Curiosity about like how can I make things better compared to how I experience in my search for a manufacturer that me to you know think of the customer of how they would like to uh, be serviced and what kind of service and help they do need to make the whole process better. So curiosity has led me to a lot of good things, I feel, as a, as an entrepreneur. And also, like, for example, if, like, talking about internal process, like, discovering about Notion this year has, and implementing Notion in our whole project management flow has made things also easier. Nice. So I think curiosity is a good thing that an entrepreneur should have and, yeah, and try to use it to their advantage. I love Notion as well. Been using it for <laughs> yeah. super scaling and you know, uh, even CLDY. So it's it's awesome. Keeps everything in check and it's a uh, so flexible. It's not just a notepad. It's actually a database and it's, it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I love the flexibility of it, and you can like customize it to suit you instead of the other way around where other software is like you have to suit you have yeah. to build the process around their software. It's like very limiting in a way. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Um, what advice would you give another business owner? I think there are a couple of advice that I can give any new business owner or even existing ones. I think is the first thing for me is to have a clear vision of what you want because you're actually the main driver and the business, right? And everybody is going to look for you for directions and going with your flow. So you need to be very clear of what you want. Uh, that's number one. And second thing, I think you need to be very attuned to what the customer wants, what they need, and be aware of your own biases to avoid being blindsided by building things that people don't need. Yeah. So a lot of people think they they are like you know they are smarter, they know what the customers want, but 
they don't even ask. And then they start to spend a lot of time, resources, and build something, and they realize that it's not yeah, it look, it, yeah, it looks nice, but no, it's not what we want. You won't, you're not going to pay for it. And then you get like, you know, downtrodden and you're going to quit your whole startup journey or business journey. So that's number two for me. And lastly, I think be resilient, don't give up so easily and keep open mind because there's always more than one way to solve a problem. Yeah, you got to keep trying and, you know, don't be afraid of failure. Uh, I mean, I, I love this uh, vision, problems and resilient, uh, re- resilience. I think, yeah, I, I completely agree. We need to know why we do things. We need to know uh, why we are doing them for. Uh, and we need to know that we've got to stick by the journey. And that's something that entrepreneurship absolutely requires. Uh, I love the fact that you started Brighton because you knew that there were problems in the market because you were in the market. I think that was the best way to find out. You're not just doing it because yep. you think it's cool or because you think there's a problem. You've actually experienced the problem and you created a business around that. And you've proved that resilience is absolutely <laughs> necessary. You proved that you know you had to have it and you went through all the ups and downs. Um, that's That's entrepreneurship. So yeah, I mean it's hard, but I think enjoy the journey, enjoy the process because I think it also makes you a better person as well. Yeah, yeah, and be prepared for whatever comes in life. You know, like even parenthood or having your own kids and yeah, buying a house or anything like that. Yep, yep, I uh, completely agree. Uh, I think the values that make entrepreneurs entrepreneurs um are are pretty applicable in most aspects of life, also. Okay, yeah, cool. it's like survivor. <laughs> it is um, survival. Yeah, I I think that the resilience that entrepreneurs need to have really, really, you know, creates a mindset that's that's almost like a, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. People who who don't, I think they look they look at us and think they crazy. we are actually crazy people. <laughs> yeah, I do get that a lot. It's like, how can you like? Go through all this, you no, know, go like you know, at times without pay and like still be so upbeat about things. Yeah. But I think sometimes we do we are actually a bit crazy, but we I believe mean, in we, what we believe in, right? When you look at Elon Musk, right? People see all the fancy stuff and the billions, right? But then they also they don't see like the it probably is billions also on the balance sheet that he's responsible for. Uh, the the loans or the debt that he takes on in order to finance and to service like the the again the resources the staff the operations or the deals mm-hmm. that he makes, uh, or the people the millions of uh not millions of probably the thousands hundreds of thousands of people that are reporting to him or that he's responsible for, man that's that's insane eh? um and, yeah. you know, I mean people see the the Twitter, people see like, you know, the, the good stuff, but the good wow, side, yeah. The kind of the level of of mental fortitude you need to have to 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 go through all that is is insane. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. I think founders should maybe have like, you know, a good the space to actually mm-hmm. share share with like all the ups and downs also as well. Exactly, man. That's what I'm trying to do at uh super scaling. Um, you know, to create that, that same community that you mentioned also. So yep. that's yeah, so necessary. That's great. All right. Um, Donovan, thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, please tell the audience how best can they reach out to you or Bryden? Um, yeah. 
Okay, so if you want to take a look, you can go to my website, which is uh, brydenapparel.com, B-R-Y-D-E-N-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Or you can also reach out to our Instagram, on uh, which the handle is uh, brydenapparel as well. So yeah, you can just reach out to us on these two platforms and I'll be happy to feel any questions or you know answer any questions you have about starting your brand or even about your entrepreneur journey as well. Sweet. I'll have those two links linked into the show notes down below as well. Thanks so much, Donovan. Thanks everybody for listening in to this episode of 7 Minutes Scaling Secrets. I hope you guys had fun and enjoyed it. Uh, please don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe this episode. And I look forward to speaking with you guys in the next episode. Take care. Thank you.